Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. It's Friday. You know, I'm sure a lot of you have a lot on your, on your brains today. And Kim, you are one of those. Welcome to the show, and how the heck are you, and thank you for calling. Yes, sir. I have to disagree with you, disagree with you on your comment about uh, President Trump. I think what you see is with him. I don't think that he's any different in uh, private than he is in, um, on the on the television set, I think, like I say, what you see is what you get. Okay, so Kim, I mean, what you're saying is he's the same person off camera as he is on, as far as you're concerned. I do. I don't think. He's, okay. I don't think he's any different. Well, let me let me go one step further. I'm not going to sit here and extol the virtues of him between his relationship with with God or say that he is beyond making mistakes or anything. He's done several things that that personally bother me. I'll, I'll, and I'll say that there are things that I, sometimes he says, and it just, you know, it's cringeworthy. Um, do I think that what he's done rose to the level that he needs to be deprived of his civil liberties and put in a jail cell? That I don't know. I haven't read the indictment. I don't know what's in it. I don't know what's going to happen. Is it possible he did? Sure. Is it possible, though, that this is, I'll ask you, is it possible that a lot of this is a political persecution in your mind? I do. I do. Okay. I That's fair. Issues that should have probably been brought to light that he has done uh, that have been unlawful other than what he has been brought for charges for the um, Daniel situation. Okay. I I think that's a very fair point. I think a lot of people, there's a lot of people that are angry because they see it political terms. And it's, it's, you know, when when that's your person and they're attacked, a lot of people just rush to defend whatever it is. And, and I think that, that that's a mistake. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of political persecution of him as well. Now, you would say, now, I, I, what I hear from you is, is a little bit of, uh, I think you're trying to be very objective. So you would say that the Biden family probably has some things you're not real happy about as well. Oh, that's correct. Okay. See, I, I, I think a lot of people see that. I don't think anyone's beyond criticism. I don't think anyone's beyond making mistakes. There are no perfect people currently living in the country that I'm aware of from a biblical standpoint. So I, I think we're closer than we are apart. I was just relaying my personal anecdotal stuff about my interaction with the members of the Trump family. Okay. Well, I do. I just, that he just puts it out there that his moral fabric is not what people think it is. I think a lot of people were looking at a sheep and wolves clothing and, he fooled a lot of people, and people still believe it, and that's what is sad to me. And they won't. I mean, and he creates most of his own problems. You would say I, he has created a lot of his own problems because he will not listen to people that are smarter than him, and people that have got a lot more experience than him, and that's where that's. 
Now, let me take it one step further because I, I appreciate your perspective, and I think many people agree with you right now. I think many people agree with what you're saying. Even even Trump supporters, I think many of them agree with what you're saying. When when you saw his actions as president with respect to international relations or NATO or the southern border, did you find yourself agreeing with a lot of the policies, even though you didn't like him personally? Oh, yes. I think okay. The, the border should have the, that should have been addressed 30 years ago. That should have been right. It's almost and don't don't take this the wrong way because I'm not putting him in scripture, okay? But if you're if you're familiar with that, you see often these damaged individuals that become the messengers, right? And and they're 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 less than the, the than you would think to be heroic in any way. And I'm not trying to make Donald Trump heroic, but I'm saying he's a, he he creates a lot of his own damages. And at the same time, does some great things, and 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 uh, and I appreciate you calling in today. Right, like if he would just listen to people, but he he will not. He's he's his own enemy. He's on his he's his own enemy. Yeah. And, and I appreciate the call. And, and uh, Kim, you know, uh, it was it was relayed to me by producers, and I'm going to give you validity another point. I think a lot of people were upset by the Billy Bush tape uh, prior to him ever getting elected. And that was an off-camera thing, but it was saying something about women that was very derogatory. And I think that turns off people, too. They, I think they were able to separate that from the political person from the individual that made disgusting remarks. So, well, But I appreciate He could go and murder somebody in the middle of the street and not be... Um, penalized for that and then uh, whether you think that he is responsible for the wrong or not we won't get into that but okay. I certainly think that he put that into people's minds to, to do that and that okay. shame and he could stop it at any moment and he would not stop it and that's the trap. Well, and I feel like yeah. he will be accountable for that. Whether it's well, I think we all we I happen to believe we're all accountable ultimately at some point. But I appreciate the call. Thank you for thank you for taking the time to call because it takes a lot to call into a radio show, especially one like WBT is massive, incredible station. So I appreciate you calling. All right. So that was a uh, I believe that was Kim, and I appreciate her call seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten five seven zero eleven ten here at News Talk eleven ten nine nine three. And, and I think that this is the quandary. I mean, my wife has the same kind of mentality about it. Loves the, she's been in policy for her entire career. She's been at some of the highest levels of government at the state level and run multiple state agencies. She is, and she sees it in much the same way that Kim does. She, she loves the policy. She just wishes he could not say some of the things he says. And and so he brings about this this hatred on himself. He kind of sticks the other team in the eye. Uh, it's very un-Reagan esque, but at the same time, they didn't like Reagan either. So I, I don't know. It's 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 a frustrating aspect. It's like this twin version of Donald Trump, where you say, "Wow!" When he stood up to NATO and told them to pay their fair share, I'm cheering from the rooftops. When he says, "I'm going to build a wall, I'm going to stop this massive influx of migration, of illegal immigration," you're cheering. When you look at economically bringing down those marginal rates, which creates tons of economic opportunity, but for COVID, I think it would have been historic. It was pretty historic. The stock market jumped in in heretofore unbelievable ways because of the confidence in the market. And you look at this kind of 
this very strange, weak way of looking at the economy now with Yellen and these other people saying, though, inflation is transitory. It just, it's a lie. It was never transitory. You think about the job creation where well, you're coming back out of a pandemic. We're still at very low levels of workforce participation. Uh, many of the under, the, the, what the Biden administration screams about accomplishments really aren't accomplishments. There is no cohesive thought process in the White House. The White House, and it's more about uh, checking boxes about your your gender or gender preferences or or color of your skin than it is about having competent people running the White House. And it leaves the rest of us questioning what the hell do I actually stand for? Well, who's running the show up there? There was no question when Donald Trump was president. He had people in his cabinet that had very vocal disagreements about policy and a good leader. Lincoln did things like this. We bring people that are strong people into a room, and your job is to discern what the best course of action is. That's what leaders do. And he did. I think there were many people that were brighter than Trump in any number of, of given disciplines that when it time came to deal with different folks, that's what happened. Even the Biden pullout of Afghanistan was poorly thought out. This is horrendous, and it cost American lives. And a lot of these decisions cost American lives. And so it's a very different, there's two different, and I think Democrats aren't real thrilled about about Joe Biden's presidency. They're not, and they're stuck with it, and they don't know what to do with it. They're not entirely sure what's going to happen next. And the Democrats, believe me, as much as the Republicans have all sorts of issues, but they have a lot of amazing candidates out there, and they do. And there's nothing about the indictment that I'm aware of that would preclude President Trump from running at this point. So that's going to happen. But the Democrats, that's a t- that's an entirely different story. One of the weakest situations ever. Aging, doddering, unclear, big government. Kate, welcome to the front of the line. I don't <laughs> know how you did that. Mother. must be some special power. But go ahead. Go ahead, Kate. Situation station, are you there? Yes, we're here. Okay, well, I just want to say... These people that you got calling on that do not understand that the ship is going down and there's loose cannons all over the deck better get it together because Donald Trump was running it. He's done it. He's taken himself. And if they're going to use their little excuses for all their little pet stuff, that's ridiculous. This is important. This is the United States failing. And if if they don't do the right thing and vote in the man that's capable, then they're going to live a whole new situation of emergency. So I, I don't know how to wise them up. They don't critical think. They don't understand why you charge taxes on imports. Uh, they just have their little opinions about Donald Trump. And, you know, all of them have worse praise than Donald Trump ever has. So all I can say is for the people that pray, they better pray hard because there's so many uh, non-thinkers out there. They just, they're like cats. Something moves and they jump. So, um God help us. Well, Kate, I, I appreciate you calling. I appreciate you holding, and I appreciate you taking the time to share your viewpoint. Okay. So, Kate, thank you for Did that, I Mark. Kate, is Kate still there? 
Okay, Mark, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling back. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, just my comment. It's probably more applicable to the mainstream. I, I get talk radio is different, obviously, than Fox or whatever. But I, I, as I look back at the past six years of, of everything that's occurred and the collusion, the suppression, the I mean, we could talk for an hour, you know, Twitter files, the Days. COJ, blah, 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 blah. Democrats are crazy, but they're crazy like foxes. I think all of this is planned. I think all this is targeted. I think, you know, Georgia will be next. There'll be something else next. And right. it's taking our eye off the ball. And I just really wished that the particularly conservative side of things would stay focused like they have been since we've taken the House with the oversight committees, the judiciary, things they're finding out with the China money. Um, and you go down the list of everything Jordan and, and, and those guys are doing. Um, and, you know, obviously cover Trump, I mean, cover the updates and whatever, but just, you know, we're just marinating, you know, every minute on something that's like in this case is, is, is going to come to nothing. Right. But it's sucking up all the time and diverting. And, and I think it's planned diversion. I think it's planned diversion and there'll be something else to be another planned diversion, another six to nine months, whether it's Georgia or whatever. Um, and, you know, stay focused. Well, Mark, let me let me ask you this, because I, I agree with you on the weapons of mass distraction mentality here. I, I think that we, we have this this this, uh, you know, the attention span of gnats or squirrels, depending on your you know, your, your view of people. And, and so it's, it's this clickbait way of looking at the world. And you're right. We find that we find the Kardashians, excuse me, Kardashians more fascinating than we do the policy that's allowing three and a half million immigrants to come across the southern border illegally. We find, you know, we find a, a transgender parade more fascinating than 100,000 deaths due to fentanyl or the Mexican drug cartels becoming much larger than Pablo Escobar ever dreamed a cartel could be and infiltrating the southern part of the United States. So yeah, I agree with you. And, and, and the one thing I would say with the Trump distraction is I think we have a lot of other political types. I think DeSantis is the most visible example of emboldened conservatives that reject media narratives and don't really care what the media has to say and continue moving forward uh, because Republicans heretofore before Trump kind of were always apologetic and wanted even, even in North Carolina, the politicians, they yep. want to be liked by the media and they're never going to be, but they keep falling right. for it. Like Lucy pulling the ball away from Charlie Brown. They they're Charlie Brown. They keep thinking the media is going to be nice to him and they're never going to be nice to him. That's kind of my, that's kind of my secondary point is where we tend to be conservatives tend to be, a little bit more logical, rational, you know, whatever, and 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 so we're reactive, and and to me, we're we're, we're being played like the you know like a laser and a cat, you know. If you look at the, <laughs> I like that. The show, the, if, if you look at the shows, the Sunday shows, you look at the Today Show, NBC, CNN, whatever, which I, I do scroll through them just to see what people are talking about. There's their radio silence on any Biden story. I mean, CNN actually did like a, a couple seconds on, oh, the China money doesn't look good, right? But but they in general are radio silent. They're radio silent about the border. They're, they're radio silent about uh, really what's going on in Ukraine. I mean, you go down the list. They're radio silent, and they're radio silent for for a purpose. But they are wide open when anything comes up to Trump. And I think that's where yeah. the message gets diluted, and it takes the eye off the ball of things we need to stay focused on. Mark, as always, an astute observation. I tend to I tend to agree with a lot of that. I think we and and, okay. and talk radio allows us the opportunity to express what you just expressed. 
Yep. So, well, uh, thanks, think, for, thanks for the call. Have a good weekend. I appreciate it. Appreciate the call. Uh, again, Chad Abb sitting in for Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993. You want to call 570-1110. You know your area code. Unless you're outside the area code, 704, but it's 570-1110. You're welcome to be a part of things. Uh, you know, and to his point, we do like to be distracted, don't we? Some some inane news story comes down, and that becomes the distraction. And and instead of focusing on the issues that affect you each and every day, I used to give speeches all over the state about, hey, pay attention to what your local government's doing. If you want to wonder where your rights are being taken away, it's your local government. You're more likely to lose property rights and, and be taxed more locally, and yet you're more obsessed with what happens in D.C. So that's just but one of a thousand examples we could discuss there. All right. Are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice? Are you looking for a military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old school, traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim? He'll hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time, American-made, because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear... Old Grouches on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. The shop is open Monday through Saturday and all the time at oldgrouch.com. Chad Adams here sitting in for Pete Callender. Pleasure, honor, always. David, you've been on hold. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, hello? I'm here. Listen, you're on the air. Go ahead. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I'm getting the reverb here. Uh, I just wanted to pass along reference to the Trump's indictment that when I watched Fox last night, they were talking and employing everybody in the Trump campaign and Trumpers to not to violently protest. But who says that they won't, the liberals won't go and get Antiva to incite this? You know, I, that's, I'm not going to disagree with you. I will say this. I like conspiracy theories, and certainly there are, plenty of assertions about what happened on January 6th to think there were people embedded there that did exacerbate that situation and make it worse. Now the doors got open. There's plenty of great questions there. Um, and with respect to someone ginning up an attack, Jesse Smollett style, where Jesse Smollett, you know, gets attacked by two people. It's MAGA two o'clock in the morning on the streets are horrible. And it was all completely a fake and a fraud. And, and that story got buried as quickly as, as any story. Once it was discovered that, this this gay African American, you know, had staged a, a a hate crime on himself. It just the Bubba Wallace thing in NASCAR turned out that was nothing. So would it surprise me if, if some kind of action took place? I don't know what I think we'll have to wait until the indictment is unsealed. I think we'll have to wait to see. But I know right now, I know, I know, because I feel it too, is this this overwhelming sense of angst, this gnashing of teeth that's taking place at the national level, where there's one team that's jubilant about what's taking place, almost a sick, perverse version of joy about this historic uh, malicious prosecution, and then the other side that just can't believe that this continues to go on, and yet the person at the, at the fulcrum of all of this is someone who does bring some negativity upon himself, but at the same time supports the issues that many of us have fought for for 40 years and never right. dreamed that that'd be the guy that could get it done. So I, I don't know. I don't want to believe that we'll go there. But then again, I've been disappointed and surprised before. Uh, I, I We are at a very serious time in American history, I believe, where where 
and I will blame the left more than the right on this by a long shot, where there is a lot of money and power to be sequestered by dividing us. Because the left is a loosely held coalition of special interest groups. They're held together by one common denominator, that's a D, because they know that whether it's the uh, the pro-abortion people, whether it's the anti-gun people, whether it's the pro-racially divided people, whatever, they don't care about each other's issue. They only care about their issue, but they know that the only way to get anything done is the D. And the political right is much more suspicious of everything government and doesn't trust anything, even their own politicians, to do the right thing. So, well, uh, I just want I just want to implore on uh, uh, you know the Trumpers and the conservatives not to protest in violence, yes. to protest in peace. And they were showing uh, several, you know, on Fox last night with people standing at the side of the road. But we already know the WBT put out a. Um, forecast, I mean, for, not forecast, but the fact that New York's already pulling 56,000 officers in preparation. In uniform. But we need to be ready. Yes. They're, they're making it look like Armageddon's coming, don't they? Right. They do. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. Like there needs said, to be I, an appeal. Yes. I, the fact is that, you know, in my belief with July, or excuse me, January 6th, was that I think the majority of the people... Uh, were peaceful there, but a few got pulled into it because I think the left probably put some people in themselves to incite oh, them. We and and it, it is it is incumbent upon the right to. It's hard. It's hard because there's a lot of anger to stay calm. But stay calm is the only way we're going to get through this. Right. Um, and I appreciate the call. I appreciate Thank the you. appeal to call. Thank you for the call. Um, speaking of protest. Across the country, you know, uh, hundreds of protesters expected in 50 states across the country in March in honor of the International Transgender Day of Visibility. It was originally called the Day of Vengeance, but after the shooting, it's changed. Uh-oh, someone's calling in. Who's calling? Who knows? So um, the effort is being led by the Queer Youth Assembly, a youth-led nonprofit aimed at bringing joy and autonomy to the queer and trans community. I want you to think about that. A youth-led nonprofit that's that's doing this. What, do you think they came up with this idea on their own, or do you think maybe they were assembled by other people? The Queer Youth Assembly is also collecting a growing list of signatures on a list of demands. So we're going from a day of protest to demands, which call for the banning of all forms of conversion therapy, furthering trans health research, and passing or codifying legal protections against discrimination for LGBTQ people. Why not? Why doesn't the Queer Youth Assembly just say equal rights for all, special privileges for none? And why does the Queer Youth Assembly go out there and say, hey, we believe that we shouldn't be disfiguring 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13-year-olds, that we should be holding off on those until there's some semblance of an adult brain at work, that parents shouldn't be able to transition their 7- and 8-year-old kids and and disfigure them for life and ruin them. So this is the kind of stuff that, you know, when you change it, it was going to be vengeance, now it's vigilance. And, and that's the kind of stuff that, that just drives folks nuts. And it, it's, it's visibility. I'm sorry. The International Transgender Day of Visibility now instead of the Day of Vengeance. And, and they don't have any – I mean, remember when we had 60 cities burning, you know, set on fire and, and, and the news media with the fire in the background saying it's a mostly peaceful protest? There never was really an accountability for that. We, we had the chop zone. Let's remind folks. And and it was either Portland or Seattle. I think it was Seattle. Yeah, Seattle's downtown chop zone, which was an autonomous nation set up within. They seceded from the union. 
They weren't suppressed by the federal government. They seceded. They took over an area on U.S. soil and held it for a while in which crimes were committed. And it just went away. Did you ever hear about prosecutions for the CHOP zone? Did you hear about prosecutions for other than Kyle Rittenhouse, who ultimately was exonerated? But all of those other billions in damages across the country, and the media collectively acted like nothing had really happened. Nothing had really happened. Those weren't insurrections. Those weren't violent. Billions burned to the ground. Stores destroyed. Deaths happened. Deaths occurred. Dozens of them. But it was as if nothing happened. So are we messed up in the country right now? I don't think, you know, if you look, I have uh, relatives that live in Italy. They're, they're missionaries over in Italy. And it's interesting to hear their perspective about what they see covered in this country. And they're thinking, wow, it looks like all this unrest is going on. It's really not. But what is taking place is that there is a growing, and it's, it's more than just resentment. I think this latest move is pushing from resentment to anger. There's a growing, fomented anger that's seething below the surface. The political left has no idea how much they're stoking it. And you know what they claim it's going to be? They will constantly, consistently, persistently, and without fail call anything, anything that comes from the right as pushback, they will call it white supremacy. They will call all of it, all of it's white supremacy. Whatever they do is acceptable behavior. You know, when, the, when Madonna said she dreamed of blowing up the White House, when the, the, the pink hats were in the streets, that, that, that was fine, with they setting limos on fine. But when it's ever anything on the right, it's always going to be about white supremacy, which is not a thing. There's a couple to the right of redneck, you know, vigil, I mean, folks that are just on the fringes of the fringe that have these beliefs. But by and large, it's not supremacy. It's anger. It's, it's conservative political anger at what they see as a political left that is hell-bent on becoming a socialist country, which is not what we were designed to be. Not in any way. And, and, and the Biden, the folks running the Biden White House are aware of it, but it looks like Biden and Kamala Harris, Cackles and, and company, they don't have any idea what seems to be going on. They're, they're, they're just not. She goes to Africa. She makes some inane statements. She is the queen of word salads. The queen. And, and doesn't seem to have any awareness of what's going on. There's no depth coming out of the White House, but there is depth in the political activist and the media. That are working. And, and the, the Matt Talibi stuff, the stuff that was exposed about collusion with government, that's a little terrifying too. Gosh, it sounds like I'm giving up hope, doesn't it? I'm not. I'm an, I'm an eternally hopeful person. It is our responsibility to continue to fight for the ideals from the day we're cognizant of it until the day we can no longer do so. That's that's the incumbent responsibility that comes. It's not just given to you. It's not just handed. The, the, the blood that's sitting on the shores of, of almost every nation on the planet with American blood on those shores to defend the concepts that make this country great, uh, that doesn't come without responsibility. We, we all have some to step up. We have some to get involved, to read, to be studious, to be, to be involved. A 36% of America believing patriotism is a thing is a is a devastating consequence of apathy in this nation. And it's it's a, a sure sign that the walls are tumbling down a little bit. We do have a call right now. I'm gonna it says Dr. John, but I'm gonna go with John just for the sake of expediency. John, what's on your brain today? Hey John, thank you for taking my call. Um, yes. So yesterday I was listening to the uh, Mark Levin show and he was mentioning something about uh, in two different states, he didn't mention which one. 
that there was an insurrection, and an Antifa's groups basically took over the house the, or uh, the houses um, or the state houses in those two uh, states. And I haven't heard anything about that or seen anything about that on the news. So, and I don't think Mark Levin is actually, you know, prone to exaggeration or anything like that. So, you know, I just wanted to know if you had heard anything about that, because we know that the, the media can't really be all that much. The mainstream media can't be trusted all that much. Well, let me answer it in the best way I know how, and that is I'm not sure what Levin's talking about. I didn't listen to his show and, and haven't for some time. Uh, I've known Levin, very bright guy. I would say that what we do know is the Tennessee state capitol was taken over for a while. And some of the film, you didn't see this on the nightly news. or any, I didn't see a lot of coverage. CNN has nothing about it. But uh, yesterday, there was a, a time where protesters stormed that state capitol. We talked about it a little bit on the air. Now, whether they were Antifa or not, I do not know. It was clearly organized. It was very quick. And uh, uh, there were hundreds of folks and people got through into the state house. I don't know about another state house. I know that people are protesting today this, uh, you know, uh, ven- transgender vengeance now, Vigilance Day, uh, awareness, whatever. But I don't know of a second one. But certainly for a while, the one the Tennessee got very dicey from a state capital standpoint. Well, isn't that correction? Excuse me, say that again. Wouldn't that be considered correction? You would. Now, you would think. Now, if the definition of insurrection is when when uh, protesters storm a lawmaking body to alter that lawmaking body's ability to function by that definition, which was what was applied on January 6th, that would be an insurrection. But I would have thought a lot of different places when the, when they've stormed uh, the Dirksen Senate building, the leftists have, or when they you know uh, were almost inside the Supreme Court. I think that leftist views of insurrection only apply in one direction. And uh, the right never used such language when leftists have shut down proceedings before and others. And again, I'm not extolling the virtues of what happened on January 6th or jumping into that. The show is just not that broad today. But I would say that if you're breaking into the state house, you should be held to the same standards that the left has now set forth. That's the standard. Uh, yeah. and, and they don't. They, they, they have a totally different standard. It's different. Like Pete, Pete Callender would say, it's different when they do it. It is. And in Europe, you know, uh, they get a little different view of what we what happens over here. Like you say, I'm myself, and I'm going back over there again. And all they hear is CNN, so it's, and we know CNN is not biased to what. So, so they get a little bit different view. <laughs> it, it's certainly the, the CNN. I mean, it's it, it's fascinating. I find more objectivity from some of the foreign press, whether it's the BBC, uh, Al Jazeera, The Telegraph, The Independent. I find a degree of objectivity with respect to American coverage that I don't see in the vast majority of our American coverage of what happens Mm -hmm. actually from people who are here. I mean, I guess they have journalists that are here, but I think they have a degree of objectivity and, and, and curiosity, which is what I want my media to have, that a lot of our media, because they don't like somebody, want to portray it a different way. So. Um, it, it is when you see foreign media's coverage of our country, it is a little bit alarming. And I think we, we have every right to be alarmed right now about what's happening. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Well, John, I appreciate you being a part of the conversation in the show. Okay. Uh, again, call from John and, 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 and his thoughts on, um, well, Dean, what's going on, man? Welcome hey, to the show. I, how are you doing today? It's Friday. You know I'm that, fantastic. Right? Good yeah. Day. 
Hey, I, I had two things. One point I wanted to come up about, everybody keeps talking about journalism. And to me, journalism is, an, is opinion. It starts as opinion and finishes. It's not news. Once, it, once you put news in the, a journalistic framework, it's an opinion. So people have to understand that, you know, you're going to get a bias, not necessarily bad by bias, but, you know, a biased view of something or their interpretation of it. So I, I, I just wanted to make that one point. But what I really wanted to call with you was about you were talking about loyal uh, patriotism and how low it is and what a you know how it's become an issue and i i agree with you totally i think it's sad but patriotism and loyalty as i remember it are earned and i don't know what our government has done to earn our patriotism or loyalty and perhaps that's why it's low what do you think at least as of late you know there were times when uh, you know, we, we disagreed with our politicians, but we still loved our country. And it was important. We wanted to raise our kids with those ideals. And I think, you know, that Colin Kaepernick and the not taking a knee and America's injustice, we look at it through this jaded, first world, spoiled, narcissistic viewpoint about the past. And we judge the past based on what we believe the ideals of today are. And I think if you, in so doing, you toss out the merit of everything that has come before you. And I think that's what we see is this, this attempt to reject everything that built what we have today, which is very fortunate. We are very fortunate to be in this country. We are very fortunate to, be have, to have been born here and to be able to uh, be a part of this great experiment. It's still an ongoing experiment that's held together by a piece of paper and, and the, the words on a piece of paper. So I, I, I am concerned about this uh, unbelievable rejection of what came before, a lack of respect for what came before. And I think that's where you said patriotism is earned. I think it's it's gifted with the blood of those that came before us and the sacrifices of those that came before us. And we have an incumbent responsibility to honor and 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 salvage and protect what they gave their lives for. That's that's me though. Yeah. Fair no, enough. I agree with you. You can't argue with any of those points. No, I just think moving ahead, the, they've got to bring something to the table. <laughs> Eventually. I appreciate it, Dean. The government. We're against the we're against the top of the hour. We got to run, but again, all the phone calls, all the listeners, you guys are appreciated. Hour three getting ready to be underway. Do stay tuned. We'll be right back after this.